Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Making Learning Special, where we discuss everything from parenting strategies to early childhood development, all the way to the realities and the nitty grittiness of parenthood. I'm your host, Madonna Lago-Smith, and with me is my co-host and husband, Zach Smith. Today, we're going to be talking about telehealth, teletherapy, telepractice, basically whatever you want to call it. It's the virtual world as it comes down to therapy and early intervention. So what does it entail? What is it? And the actual current research around it, and if it is, what what is it, basically, is the main thing. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. Um, before we even get started on this topic, topic, I want to talk about this because we all know what happened a couple years ago when the pandemic hit, COVID st um, striked, and we had to all go virtually with our jobs, and there was a lockdown and all that. So this is how this whole telepractice and teletherapy started. But telepractice, actually, um, it wasn't popular then as it is now, but it's been around for a long time. I started my um, doing teletherapy. I used to go to in-home and do my sessions and their speech therapy, speech language therapy sessions in home. But since, of course, March 2020, I went into the virtual world. But in reality, I was actually really interested in it and wanted to learn more about it. And COVID and the pandemic really expedited that. So I think that's one thing that I wanted to point out that I know a lot of people um, have and have had mixed emotions about teletherapy and um, just that whole part of it. But really, um, it's the whole outlook, right, Zach? Like, it's either you dragged your feet with something different or something new, or you welcome it and are you welcome it with curiosity and an eagerness to learning about it, right? Mm -hmm. So I do have a list of questions that you get that pretty much the most common, common questions that you get in regards to teletherapy when people reach out to you and say that they need some help with their child for whatever reason they need it, right? But yeah. before I even go on and ask these questions, let me ask you this personally, in your opinion, because you've done both sides of things, right? We'll get into the research side of things, but your own personal opinion, what do you prefer and what do you think is more beneficial teletherapy or in person? Yeah, well, you know, like any job and any setting, there's pros and cons. But I would say that teletherapy, there's definitely more pros than there are cons. So um, generally speaking, you know, cons for teletherapy is the obvious one, technology. Technology, technology doesn't always work in our favor sometimes. There might be a learning curve, you know. Um, some people are more tech, tech savvy than other people. And it might not be for everyone, but if you haven't tried, um, don't say it's not for you. And if you did try, not all teletherapies made equal. I would say that. And we could dive into that a little bit more throughout this discussion. But yeah, you know, like in any profession, there's pros and cons. Okay. A neutral approach. I see. Okay, so let's go ahead and just dive into these five questions that you get most common because there are people out there who obviously want some teletherapy or are interested in it, but they just kind of don't know what to do or how to go about doing it. So I'm sure that if anybody has thought about them before, they probably have these questions. So let's just go ahead and dive right into them. So question number one for you is, how is my toddler supposed to pay attention to the screen when he can't even sit still in person? 
And I get this question asked in various ways, but basically that's what they're asking, right? So I don't expect a toddler, a little guy to sit and attend or a child with a diagnosis like autism. I don't expect them to sit still for a 45 or 30 minute session, especially kids under three years old. They shouldn't be, um, they shouldn't even be getting screen time other than FaceTime, right? Which in this sense, with teletherapy, it acts as screen time because it's direct, it's interactive, and it's really more personalized. So what we tend to do in therapy is we build the child's attention, and it's more play-based, and we use the environment, the adults, and the family members around the house if they have siblings, and we really use that to our advantage during our uh, therapy session. So again, it's um, teaching the child and playing with the parent and keeping it fun and keeping it going. So that's um, the main part of therapy is to collaborate with parents and give them the strategies and the tools, not only during the therapy session where they can practice these skills, but outside of therapy sessions so they can build these skills with their child in daily routine activities. So it's not just during that therapy time and your child is not just sitting still. It, again, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I think when people think of teletherapy, they're literally just thinking of how they, um, a child sits on a desk or sits on a table and looks at the screen. That's definitely not how it works. I have um, sometimes toddlers are like holding me with a parent's phone, running around, showing me around their house, you know, and that's such a wonderful language activity. And we're talking to mom and, and giving strategies to parents of how we can make this beneficial in, um, in building their language skills, things like that. Yeah. And, and also another thing that you didn't, you didn't mention that I actually used to see you do is remember when you used to have a green screen behind you. So you made it even much more uh, creative and interactive. Cause you yeah. can't use a green screen in real life. Right. Um, but you make a good point. Like they're not going to sit still on a screen, but they're also not going to sit still in person. They're a kid. Yes, definitely. <laughs> they're a kid. You kind of got to go with the flow and, 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 uh, you can't just sit them down and restrain them. So that, that's a good point. Building engagement and consistency, both in person and virtually it's the same thing. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So number two, I want my child to get to know you better and build a relationship with you. But how is that going to happen if it's virtually? So I will tell you that therapy right off the bat is ultimately, um, for me um, at least, and research-based too, especially with early intervention, is that it's family-centered and family-based, whether it's in person or virtual. So the main focus isn't on me and the child. The main focus is you, the parent, and the child interaction and engagement. And I'm just on the sideline giving you my side and my expertise and helping your child develop and grow through you mainly. So, um, you know, whether it's in person, whether it's virtual, we still end up building that relationship. You know, kids learn a routine and they know, oh, Miss Madonna's on, or we have our hello song, we have our goodbye song. But what we're trying to build and what is the main goal for therapy, one of the main goals is helping you as the parent feel empowered to work with your child and, and build that bond and relationship with them as you're helping their language and other skills grow and develop. So this isn't one of the questions that you get commonly asked, but do you think that you can develop an equivalent relationship with somebody over a screen versus in person? Like, do you think that you can create the same type of bond? Yeah, fairly similarly when it comes into, um, into 
I guess, in the space that we're in right now, right? There's a lot that goes on with, and we're not seeing each other in person, but I've built relationships with people overseas or in different states, and I feel fairly close to them, and I haven't even seen them in person. So yes, I think it's possible. What do you think? No, I agree. I just wanted to see what I just wanted to hear what you say. But no, I absolutely agree. Because, you know, the more you talk to somebody, the more you get to understand their character and who they are as a person, right? So no, absolutely. I completely agree. Uh, My business partner is in Texas. So yeah, for sure. Um, Okay, so your model is to help give the strategies to these parents so that they can implement it while you're away. Because the reality is you only have one or two sessions with these kids each week, right? Now, some people have come up with a follow-up question, you know, in regards to number two, which is, well, if you're the expert, why do I need to be involved in this process? Can't you just quote unquote, fix my kid? Mm, Yes. And this is a common one as well. And they don't necessarily say it directly like this, but um, they have very similar questions that basically point to that, right? So I tell parents how I run therapy in person is how I run therapy virtually. For the most part, the only difference is I'm doing it through the screen. And um, the really wonderful thing about virtual therapy actually is, is that families, what I tend to see and observe is families actually tend to be more involved because they have to, which we want families to be involved. When I'm there in person, they know I'm there in person. And sometimes they're a little bit more hands off or um, I need to kind of bring them with me and um, let them know, you know, come down to the, on the floor with us, or, um, you know, you could be in the room. But when we're doing things virtually, the parent has to be present for the most part, especially if your child is three years old, two years old, or um, as young as the kids that I work with for um, and the pediatric population. So how I run, again, virtual therapy is similar to how I run in-person therapy. Um, and it's just through the screen. And I will, um, this is where I want to kind of highlight some of the studies that I um, I went through and looked at when I was looking at te- um, teletherapy. There are studies that highlight teletherapy um, provides more of an opportunity for family members to be the a key player in intervention. So this differs from traditional therapy where it focuses more on the child and the therapist, right? So um, a very specific one is, I hope I'm saying this right. Um, It's um, um, Saudi, I can't read, but I'm going to put it in the, uh, (laughs) I'm going to put it on the um, show notes, but there's, they found that seven sessions of telepractice delivered parent-child interactive training worked just as well as the same amount of face-to-face training to increase communication and social interaction between parents and their children. So there's a current study that's just showing that, okay, they have people who are face-to-face, in-person versus virtual, and they're noticing that it's still increasing their communication, it's still increasing their social interaction. And um, other studies showing that parent-implemented strategies, which in therapy, we do a lot of strategies, and I talk to parents, and there's a lot of collaboration going on, that parent-implemented strategies used in face-to-face intervention actually does translate pretty well to teletherapy, especially when we incorporate feedback and reflection with parents, and there's a lot of communication between the therapist, me, and parents. So um, there's, uh, there's a lot more what is it, um, research studies showing kind of these um, 
comparison between in-person and teletherapy. Systematic reviews, for example, from Sutherland et al. Um, they found that services delivered via teletherapy were equivalent to those delivered face-to-face. -face. So there's, um, it keeps, you know, you see the common theme. Teletherapy is, can be pretty powerful um, and similar to in-person therapy. There's a lot of collaboration, as I mentioned, and as long as parents are on board and we are um, doing our best to really communicate with one another, there can be a lot of really great things that come out of it. Okay, so, okay, perfect. I'm glad that you brought up some of that evidence to support your claim because, you know, science is science, right? Science doesn't care about your emotion. Science is objective. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But that's a perfect segue into the fourth concern, which is some of the which is not necessarily a question, but I'll form it in such a way. It's I've okay, thank you for the evidence. It sounds like it's, you know, sounds very convincing. It sounds like it's a good option. But the problem is this, I've tried it before, and it didn't work for my child. So why would I do it again? That is a great question. And usually when parents ask me this question, I ask them and I have leading questions or I have questions asking them, you know, what didn't work out? Why didn't it work out? Right. If you had a bad experience with it, it doesn't mean that don't try it again, because like I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the show, not all tel teletherapy experiences are made equal. Each provider might have a different way of doing things. So it's really up to you and your openness, for example. I'll, I'll give you a person, a professional slash personal example I have right now with a, um, a family that I see. So the mom actually transitioned from seeing a different provider to me. And she said, oh, we were doing everything virtually, but uh, these are the reasons why I didn't feel that my child was benefiting from it. And we've we talked about it and we were able to um, tailor their therapy um, her daughter's therapy needs and what mo the mom is looking for. Because you have to think of also the parent's learning style, right? Not all parents learn the same way. So, so you're coaching right. parents as much as you are helping their child. Um, so the mom was more, um, she was observing a lot more and the therapist was taking more of the lead during the teletherapy session. And the mom wanted to figure out tools and kind of hands-on experiences so she can practice these strategies that the therapist was showing her rather than just sitting back and watching. So we took that into, I took that into consideration. And during our therapy sessions, we have a lot of practice for mom. We do a lot of reflective practice and talking about what worked, what didn't work, recording of her doing these strategies. So it's not just activity after activity with the child. It's literally um, problem solving with the parent and figuring out, okay, did we use this strategy? Are we implementing it? Where could we have implemented this? So it's a different way from traditional therapy, but I would say that it's very individualized. And if you've tried it before and you feel like it didn't work, that doesn't mean shut the doors to it. Okay, I like that. So it's a true coaching model is what you're saying here, right? The yes. problem with some people when they try certain things, um, of course, I'm just going to gravitate naturally towards fitness, right? Because that's it's just what I do, right? The reality is most people will lose weight, but they end up, they end up gaining it back, right? If not more after the first year, all the way up to 95% of them after three years, right? The reality is this, if the program isn't custom to you and your, you know, learning style and, and lifestyle, you're going to be living somebody else's lifestyle. 
And what happens when you live somebody else's lifestyle, you're going to go back. You're going to yeah. ultimately fail because you want their results, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to live their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's where true coaching comes into play, where you said it's very much individualized. And that's perfect because the reason why it might not have worked before for some people is because they might have worked with a generic, I don't want to say generic, but they had a generic game plan, right? They could be a great speech pathologist, but you know what? Actually, I take it back. They might not be a great speech pathologist because they're just putting every single kid and parent under the same category, whereas you understand everybody learns differently. Some people are quicker to pick it up. Some people are a little bit slower. Some people require a little bit more patience. Some people less. Some people more handholding. Some people less handholding. And you treat in each individual, um, I guess, uh, what what would be the word for you, for the kids? Uh, patient? I don't know. <laughs> you, cheat, you teach uh, or you coach each individual kid and parent respectfully in a way that will best suit them. So I actually like that you said it's very individualized because those are the people that tend to get the best results, the people that take care of them as individuals first, and they teach them in such a way that will resonate best with them because not everybody wants to do the same thing like everybody else, yeah, like myself, right? You want to get in shape. It doesn't mean just because you want to look like me. It doesn't mean you have to live like me and eat like me and train like me, not at all. So for those people who probably tried it and it didn't work, Maybe, unfortunately, they just worked with a speech pathologist who just literally did the same exact thing for every single person and hope for the best. It or wasn't I would individualized. Say, I would actually say maybe you're, they just didn't, um, they didn't go with a certain professional. You know what I mean? Like your personalities don't match or there's just a lot of, um, you know, um, it, the puzzle that's just didn't fit. The puzzle that's didn't a good, fit. That's a good point. Know? That's a good Which point too because there, there does have to I be chemistry. That. There yeah, does have the to be chemistry. chemistry and you guys both have to work well together. That's for sure. But look, going back to my point, if the speech pathologist was good in terms of their people skills, they would know how to approach this particular person, right? Mm -hmm. And they would approach it in a different way. They would speak to them in a different way, in a different tone, in a different, whatever it may be, whatever needs to be done to ultimately achieve the goal that they're trying to attain, which is get the kid where he needs to be in terms of speech, Right. And then the so, yeah, I, I well. get I get it. And I get it. And I agree. But at the same time, you have to treat every single person differently. Mm -hmm. And that's what differentiates great SLPs from just regular ones is their ability to be flexible with the different type of personalities and the different kinds of kids and the different conditions that they deal with. So I, I like that you said going back to what I was saying in the beginning, I like that you said it's very individualized because it should be. And if it's not the if that's not the approach that the, the SLP is telling you, I'd run away. I wouldn't want generic help. I would want specialized, individualized, customized help. And that's and exactly the, the kind of where they're at. And it's crazy yes. because we're meeting the parent where they're at. And I'm telling the parents to meet their child where they are too. So it's literally just matching what I'm talking to the parents about and kind of going with the flow with parents. And they're using similar strategies as they are with their child. Right. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. So I don't even like the last question that we have here is honestly been answered already. So I don't even know if I need to ask, but <laughs> wrap this up for us, put it put a bow on top and write, you know, wrap it up nicely for us. Does it actually work? Does teletherapy actually work? Is it efficient? Is it going to really help my child be the kid that I know he's capable of becoming? 
overall, yes, it gives parents the tools, the information to do things outside of therapy more so, and families feel more empowered. Yes, it may take more work, and yes, it may take more time and energy, especially for the parent part and even the provider's part, but in the long term, more so, it's effective and it builds that relationship with your child long term rather than just that immediate yes my child met their goal but you are there to really know the tools and the information so you could carry these over to your other family members in other environments and even asha which is the american speech language hearing association that um, accredited um, and gives us our license as speech pathologists, they recognize teletherapy as an effective means and method for service delivery. And they've been doing this since what, 2005, I think it was, um, they've put this down here. ASHA recognizes their um, teletherapy as an effective method of service delivery with a lot of different types of um, conditions and treatment models and things like that. So there's more and more research coming out. And really my final thoughts is um, things I have not mentioned that I really do want to mention in this call is that um, I can serve even more families given this model, right? I don't have to worry about having to drive to one location to another location and I can spend that time to actually see a family. Families can bring me around because they have the technology. If they're on vacation, I have um, a family bring me to the Philippines um, for a couple weeks, <laughs> you know, or bring me to Hawaii or bring me in the car. <laughs> so, um, you know, I have a little kiddo who their brother is in um, baseball and I see the kid in the car sometimes on Thursdays, mm. right? And uh, when somebody in the home is sick, we don't necessarily have to cancel a session if you feel okay, because we're doing things virtually. So those are kind of the other benefits that um, teletherapy can have. Right. And that's a win-win because I know you started off as you can be there anywhere with them, but realistically, it just shows how flexible this model is, is really what you're saying. It's a win-win situation. Like you said, if the kid's sick, sorry, we got to call it off, you know, but teletherapy he's kind of had the sniffles but because it's virtual let's carry on let's yep. carry on so that's that's a i mean i don't have to ask this but bottom line teletherapy yes or no yes okay <laughs> you heard it boys and girls if you are considering teletherapy or in-person therapy you cannot go wrong with either one the evidence shows that it is pretty much exactly the same but teletherapy does have many 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 benefits that in-person does not have so if you're on the fence before and you thought about giving it a shot please try it yeah. it's it's been slp approved by madonna lazo smith <laughs> And all right, so we hope you got some great insight about teletherapy and telepractice. If you know someone who may have um, been skeptical about teletherapy or just don't know much about it, share this episode with them. Remember to subscribe and follow along for more episodes and contact me on Instagram, Making Learning Special or on TikTok. And we'll see you guys on our next episode.